Aaron Rodgers. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Wow, what a day here out at the Players' Championship, and what a day around the NFL. What a day for the JU Dolphins, potentially. Got to love the sports uh, here on a Tuesday in March in the Jacksonville area. We've got you all covered from uh, 3 o'clock until 6 o'clock. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brett Martineau here at the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Shacks studios where might have a threat of some storms. So Austin stayed back just in case we have that. We do have Leroy Butler coming on the show at 4 o'clock as well. Jacksonville native going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, of course, in August. He will join us to talk. I don't know, maybe a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams as well. Maybe a little Russell Wilson. And we can talk about Cam Robinson, DJ Chark, and everyone else around the sport of football as well. Brent Martineau here, Austin Lane there, Brian Middleton back for one more day. We get Casey in the studio tomorrow as he comes back from getting married. Austin Lane, what a wild, like, hour and a half it was. Uh, for a bit there. Yeah, I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers kind of started things off, and then it was just chaos after that. Insane. I did not expect franchise tag deadline day to have the just the dominoes that it had, and really it was the Aaron Rodgers. It was less tag day, and Aaron Rodgers made that his deadline, and Aaron Rodgers really set all this stuff in motion, right? I mean, you got to figure Aaron Rodgers to Denver was a plausible thing. Once that's off the table, Devontae Adams stays with the tag. Other people are tagging regardless, and now Russell Wilson falls in the lap of the Denver Broncos. Uh, I don't know if that happens without Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay. But see, I think Devonta Adams getting franchised had something to do with it as well. Because remember, Gutenkunz come out and said that he wasn't going to tag Devonta Adams. So I wonder, you know, I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers might get this done sooner rather than later. But I wonder once he found out that Adams was getting tagged and he's going to be part of the Packers this year in some sort of capacity, whether it was a new contract or just a franchise tag, I wonder if that expedited the process in terms of what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do in terms of staying in Green Bay as well. Because I think if Devonta Adams were to leave Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers would still wouldn't be there right now. Yeah, uh, that could certainly be the case. All right, let's go right down the dominoes of what just happened. We'll get to the national stories in just a bit. But, hey, we're in Jacksonville. We'll talk about the Players' Championship. But first, the Jaguars using the tag. I'm surprised. I'm surprised on two fronts. The Jags used the tag, and I'm also surprised they used it on Cam Robinson. And I know you're not, and we talked about this yesterday throughout the last week. But uh, I'm a bit surprised. I'm just being honest with you, Austin, that Cam Robinson gets the tag. What does it mean? Um, to me, I mean, it means what we've been talking about. I think it means that going forward now in the draft, I think that you can expect um, an edge rusher. Um, I think Aiden Hutchinson right now, I'm not sure like, what the Vegas odds are, but I think he's the favorite. You know, I mean, I, I did see a lot of speculation that Taron Armst- uh, Armstead was a guy that Jaguars was looking at. You know, these are the rumors out of Indy, which makes a lot of sense. They have the money to spend. But would it make sense for Taron Armstead to come here? I, I get it. If you offered him a lot of money and he has no choice, possibly. But I think Cam Robinson right now was the safe bet. Keep in mind, you, you can always rescind the, chance, uh, the, the, the franchise tag. You can always go in a different direction. So it's not like Cam Robinson right now is locked in as your starting left tackle going forward. But the way it looks right now is he's probably the favorite to do that. Yeah, well, listen, the, the Jags could be playing with a little fire if this is all posturing uh, because – if they put the franchise tag on Cam Robinson, if he signs it tomorrow, well, then they're stuck with it. 
Now, if he doesn't sign it, they can rescind it. So that's how it works. They also have until July to work out a potential deal. So I can't imagine what a lot of folks are saying is, hey, the Jags are doing this, maybe a little bit of posturing, maybe some trade bait, maybe with the Lions, maybe this, maybe that. They could still do a lot of things. Yeah, you're right. But I'm not sure when you're trying to create a culture if you do all those things because of those reasons and not because you want to keep the guy you just tagged. (laughs) That's really the main reason is – Do you want to keep him? And then I would add this to it, Austin. If you're going to franchise tag Cam Robinson a couple years in a row, well, now do you just start thinking about getting a long-term deal done? Did they like him enough to do that? Um, It's definitely a possibility. You know, obviously they like him if you you chose to franchise tag him. And, you know, we've talked about this where Doug Peterson is definitely a guy who likes offensive linemen. Um, I, I feel like in terms of, you know, contracts and in terms of like, you know, trades and stuff like Peterson's always been there to kind of give his input about how he feels about so-and-so. So I think Peterson came in here. He fell in love with, I don't say fell in love, but he really liked Cam Robinson. Obviously Trent Balky, I think has been happy with Cam Robinson's progress this past season. So yeah, you have a combination of, of those two things where it seems like, you know, Doug Peterson and Trent Balky are working well together. It's a combination for the franchise tag. Now what becomes of that? I mean, it's, you know, is this going to be a prove-it yield once again for Cam Robinson? And then do you sign him after the year? That's always risky because what happens if he does have a Pro Bowl year? What happens if this Jaguars offense does take a step forward? Well, now that price tag is going to be that much higher. So that's going to be the next question, I feel like. If they do, in fact, keep Cam Robinson now is do they plan on re-signing him? Or is it going to be a make-it, kind of prove-it deal? And then do you, are you going to spend a lot more money in doing so? I read something uh, earlier today. I think ESPN put it out. It was kind of like the overrated, underrated uh, guys in free agency. And actually, they had Cam Robinson as an overrated player in free agency. And uh, let me read what they said about him, and it will show you some of the dollars in terms of an extension, potentially. But this is what ESPN said about uh, Cam, who's who's 26 years old. He's projected to earn a three-year, $40 million deal in free agency. To be honest with you, Austin, when I saw that number, I was like, well, you know what? That's not too bad. Like three years, $40 million. I thought it was going to be a lot more costly if he hits the open market or if you want to uh, potentially get him long term. And ESPN says, according to PFF, uh, that's what he'll get despite a year of subpar play or years of subpar play. He has generated negative pro football focus, wins above replacement, all four seasons on the field for the Jaguars. While Robinson improved in pass protection this past season, he still produced well below the position average. So, again, I mean, that's just one take on it. Uh, but, obviously, some of the measurables, and you can make numbers look good or bad no matter how you figure it. I thought Cam Robinson played pretty well this year, played his best year in a show-me season. And I don't mind Cam Robinson being the left tackle of the Jacksonville Jaguars. What I would like the Jacksonville Jaguars to do is say, hey, if we like this guy enough to tag him a couple of times and give him this kind of money, why don't we just give him the three-year, $40 million deal and buckle that down for the next few seasons? Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's kind of the risk that you run because is he, you know, is he a staple the next five years? I'm not sure if he is or not. You know, I don't know if the Jaguars think that he is or not. Um, I think right now with what you have, I, I think he's a very reliable guy. I, I think that you know what you get with Cam Robinson when he's healthy. I think obviously when injuries are a concern, then, you know, his play goes down a little bit. You see a guy last year, I think that gave up one quarterback sack, um, gave up, let's see here, gave up nine quarterback hits. I mean, I don't know where that stands in the realm of, of offensive tackles. I know one quarterback sack giving up is not that bad. I don't think nine quarterback hits is that bad, but maybe I'm incorrect there. I just think that, 
you had other pressing needs when it comes to this draft. Um, I think Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson realize that, and I think they have a pretty safe thing, um, a pretty safe floor, if you will, with Cam Robinson, and they're confident with him going forward. Yeah, and that's what, it's more about the floor than the ceiling, probably, with Cam Robinson, and I, I agree with you. I think I don't ever. I think I said this yesterday on the show. I don't think I see Cam Robinson as a perennial Pro Bowl guy, a couple-time Pro Bowl guy. I don't see him as that player. I think he's a suitable left tackle in the NFL. I think he's. It's not an eyesore type of thing. He's better than what you have, but I'm not sure. It's like, whoa, this guy has it on lockdown, you know, and and he's going to be one of the top five guys in the league for years to come. I just don't see that. That was kind of why I was a little curious. Why I thought maybe the the tag would go on Chark because I do see potential for Chark to be a Pro Bowl guy in the next handful of years a couple of times. We'll get to Chark in just a moment. The other thing about the Cam Robinson, the Evan Neal, the Icky Aquanu conversations that have really puzzled me the entire offseason, Austin, is I sit here scratching my head at why did the Jaguars draft Walker a little last year in the second round? Like, what? Because they didn't think Cam Robinson was going to be that good last year. I think that that was that was the insurance. Yeah, so that was the insurance policy in case Cam fizzled out, in case you had to move on, in case you weren't the number one pick, getting Evan Neal or somebody else like that. So of they course. basically sent a second-round pick on, on what they they probably just didn't have a lot of faith in Cam Robinson at the time uh, to do that. Yet they said, let's let's try this and see how it works. We got enough money to franchise tag him last year, and then he plays his way into it. Um, I, I just, I'm very, and a team that is drafted bad, and a team that has a lot of holes, I think Walker Little has a chance to be a pretty good player. In fact, I'm not so sure I see a lot of difference between Walker Little and Cam Robinson. No, Do I mean, you? well, okay, let me ask you this then. Who are you more confident starting the season, Cam Robinson or Walker Little? I don't, if I'm, I'm being honest with you, if Walker Little started at left tackle or Cam Robinson started at left tackle, I don't, I don't think... Either way. I'm really? not like, oh, my gosh. Like the, the, the experience doesn't bother you? No. Okay. No, I'm just being honest with you. It doesn't. Like Now, again, if you want to tell me Evan Neal, number one pick, what they might see in him, a monster of a man, he might be a generational guy, he might be a guy that's there for a decade. I, I don't have enough evidence on Walker Little to tell you he's going to be that guy, to be honest with you. Um, but I think I do have enough evidence that I'm not sure Cam Robinson's going to be that guy. And so if you were to give me Neil or Iquanu and, and you're telling me that there's a major upgrade to Walker Little, I understand. If you're going to go get Teron Armstead in free agency and spend a boatload, I understand. I get it. I think there's a lot more uh, difference between the two players. Honestly, I can't sit here and tell you that I see, and not that I'm an offensive line expert, that I see a whole lot of difference and feel a whole lot differently with Walker Little at left tackle or Cam Robinson at left tackle? I just think that Cam Robinson right now is the safer pick than Walker Little because we still have to see some from Walker Little. Just like saying you didn't want to, well, you're probably not going to draft Evan Neal now or Aquana just because you're not sure. Like, you just, I think Cam Robinson right now is the safest thing that you have. Not saying he's the best thing that you have, but I think it's the safest, consistent thing that you have right now, pending he stays healthy. I think Walker Little will see the field. I think Walker Little's going to be playing right tackle. Um, and, and, you know, they're going to try to find some way to get him in. And I understand that, you know, when we look at it, Walker Little did show some promise when he was in there, but the question always goes back to them, why wasn't he in there more? You know, like, if he's, if he's truly this guy that can come in right now and start, then where was he the entire season last year? Yeah, um, 
I mean, did Urban Meyer just have a vendetta against the guy that he drafted and said, I don't want to play him? I mean, like, why wasn't Walker Little playing the entire year last year then? Well, I, I think I could make a couple of cases. One, I think we can question a lot of the decisions that the Jags made last year, uh, but let's go more concrete decisions or, or reasons. One uh, being Walker Little hadn't played a bunch of football in the last couple of years. So uh, what was that going to look like? I understand why there would be a little bit of curiosity. Uh, and two, you had just spent money and significant money on franchise tagging Cam Robinson. And so if you're going to do that and make that kind of play, then you play it. And until he can't play or does, isn't playing well. And I think Cam played pretty well. I think Cam did a good job holding him off. I think you can make the case that Walker Little made Cam Robinson better, maybe pushed him, created that competition, and Cam delivered. So, again, this is not a knock on Cam Robinson, by the way. I think that he did what he needed to do. And now I'm to the point where, okay, if you feel this way about Cam, then just extend him. But my flip side of that is, what am I doing with Walker Little, this guy I picked like 45th overall in the second round that I think is a pretty good player? And when he did play Austin, I was pretty impressed with the guy. I, I think so, he has a future. Okay, so then, I mean, if Walker Little is truly the future and he's truly the left tackle, then let him earn it in training camp. And then move Cam Robinson to guard or move him to right tackle then. Like, like if Walker Little is truly this guy that people are saying that he is, where he showed up, you know, against, you know, some pretty solid teams and played very well. I mean, the Buffalo Bills, I think he played um, a heck of a game, graded out really well. If that's the case, then, then put him at left tackle and then, then move Cam Robinson someplace else. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. Is the Cam Robinson franchise tag, are you paying a little bit more? Absolutely. But you're still paying for a starting offensive lineman somewhere on that line. Now, I would like it for Cam Robinson to be left tackle because that's what he's accustomed to playing. But if Walker Little beats him out in training camp because he's that much better, then so be it. Then try to put Cam Robinson at right tackle. Put Cam Robinson at guard someplace like that because there's going to be other options, I think, that are going to be open for him. What do you? Let me ask you this, okay? Let's just assume, because I think you can safely assume that Cam Robinson, as long as he signs the tender and, the, and they don't have issues with it, is going to be the left tackle of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They just pay, they're paying him to be the left tackle of the Jacksonville Jaguars, whether he were to lose a job in camp or that's a down-the-road type of thing. So... Where do you right now, uh, and, and you don't have to get wrapped up in my emotions of this, but where do you see Walker Little in 2022 for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Do you think that they will come out and say, hey, we think this kid can play right side too and he's going to play over there? Or is he a security blanket, swing tackle kind of guy in case people get hurt and if you need someone? No, I think, I mean, I think it could be a competition in training camp, but overall I see Walker Little playing, being your starting right tackle next year. You do, uh, over Juwan Taylor. Correct. And so, I see Juwan Taylor possibly moving down to guard. Interesting. Uh, so, okay, that's that's interesting move. I didn't think about Jawan as much over there. I've heard a lot of other guys' names mentioned, but mm -hmm. not maybe Juwan Taylor. And actually what you're saying, you know, what I would say, you know, you said, hey, Brent, maybe we can uh, have a competition, and let's see if Walker Little's that much better than Cam. But maybe the real competition in camp is really going to be Jawan Taylor against Cam, uh, against Walker Little for the right side. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I, well, fair enough. But I think I mean Walker Little has advantage right now on the right side over Jawan Taylor. Like, I'm not sure how much competition gonna, there's going to be. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just saying I'm, I'm much more confident in Cam Robinson than I am in Juwan Taylor. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, I agree and and I'm much more confident in Walker Little playing right tackle than what I saw from Juwan Taylor last year. I think what's really interesting here, Austin, and, and everybody listening about this offensive line is I'm not so sure. I'm really not so sure that Juwan Taylor is in that much of a different situation after three years than Cam Robinson was with this football team. But, and he, okay. and he went into his prove-it year, his fourth year, 
did a good enough job to warrant a franchise tag. The following year has done a good enough job to warrant another franchise tag. So there could be a little hope in Jacksonville or inside the building or on that offensive line in their planning meetings that Jawan Taylor kind of does what Cam Robinson does and blossoms at the right time. See, but uh, I disagree with that, though, because I don't think, I mean, when he was healthy, Cam Robinson was never at risk of losing his job at the left tackle spot when he was healthy. I think Juwan Taylor is in trouble of losing his right tackle spot. So, like, you, you can say that's going to be a prove a year for Juwan Taylor, but he may not get, get a chance to get prove chance. it with Walker Little. Yeah. So I think there is a, a fundamental difference there in terms of the, the product that's been on the field for Cam Robinson when he's been healthy compared to the product that's been out the, on the field for Juwan Taylor when he's been healthy. All right. Uh, and, and, well, let me go one more thing, and then we'll get Steven on the line since we're heavy on the Walker Little, Cam Robinson stuff. Are they are they not going to draft an offensive tackle at number one now? Are you are you convinced now they will not draft an offensive tackle because of this move? Assuming that he signs the deal and there are no hiccups with the deal. Yeah, of course. I think that if if Cam Robinson signs that franchise tag, it makes absolutely no sense for the Jaguars to to draft an, an offensive tackle with the first overall pick. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I can't see it making much sense either. So I would agree. With you. And and I guess one other piggyback on that, Austin, it does show you that maybe they. It's two things, right? They either have a lot of holes to fill, and maybe they feel the way I felt, that they can really upgrade more at pass rusher than they could at offensive line with these guys at the top of the draft, a la Hutchinson over a chase on, more so than a Neal or a Quanu over a Cam Robinson. Um, and what it, Or it could show you that they're not as high on Neal and Iquanu as everybody else is. Yeah, I would uh, I would go with the first thing over the latter. I think it's just the fact of there's other pressing needs on this team right now. Um, if you were to keep Cam Robinson at left tackle, which it looks like they're doing, uh, I think edge rush is definitely a position of need. And you have, you know, you, you can take your poison here, whether it's Hutchinson or Thibodeau, um, but you have guys that can come in, I think, and, and be an immediate upgrade um, from what they have right now with Chase on. And I think that's going to be the primary goal is upgrading the guys that you have just because this team didn't win too many games last year, uh, and the roster competitively needs to be shuffled around a little bit. I think an edge rusher is a great way to start. Uh, did the Jags get better today? I mean, I don't know if they got better. I mean, they, they, they retained their offensive tackles, so um, they didn't get worse by any means, but once the draft comes around, assuming they take Hutchinson, uh, or maybe Thibodeau as a dark horse, well then, yeah, they're going to get better. Brian, before you play that music, let's get Steven in on the line. We'll walk a little in the offensive line. We'll hang on this uh, this first uh, segment a little bit longer. Steven, what's happening here on a Tuesday from the Players' Championship? Walker Little, where do you see him fitting into this fold? Honestly, uh, I kind of want him to stay at left tackle. I mean, when I look at Cam Robinson and his play style and everything, I see a right tackle, and he did play a little right tackle in college. And so he, he basically he did what Neil did. He moved over to left tackle. Uh, I mean, because when you look at PFS, Walker Little out of the two ga- two final games of the year, he had the highest PFS score of the whole year than any other any of the other Jaguars line. I would like to see that, but I also agree with Austin. I know he could beat out Jawan Taylor. Jawan Taylor led the lead in penalties and everything. His job's been in jeopardy. Just nobody to challenge him. All right, Stephen, appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for the uh, call here on a Tuesday, a busy one in the NFL. We are live from the Players' Championship. More about the Jags tagging Cam Robinson. What does it mean now going forward? Could they shop the pick? There's a bunch of stuff going on in the NFL. And why did the Jags pick Cam Robinson over DJ Chark? Was it the right move? I didn't think it was the guy they would tag, if I'm being honest with you. I was wrong. Austin was right. 
And I do have a reason why I think they might have gone this route with their tag, even though I'm not sure it's the right move. <laughs> we'll talk more about it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Tuesday at the Players. It's a beautiful one for now. We'll see if the storms roll in. It's going to be an interesting weather week, but plenty to talk about on the golf scene as well. A day before Tiger Woods gets inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame right here in Ponte Vedra as well. We'll be right back on ESPN 690. I'm Jordan Love right now. Right now. Mm-hmm. I'm saying trade me to either Washington, trade me to Pittsburgh, trade me to a place where I can have an opportunity to compete and develop. Because I'm not going to develop watching Aaron Rodgers take all the reps in practice. I'm not going to develop by allowing him to get real game reps. Get me somewhere because I understand that my future is not here. And I don't want to sit around for five years and not play a down of football. Get me the hell out of here like Jimmy G got the hell up out of here. That is Bart Scott talking about Jordan Love, and uh, that will be a conversation. One thing that the era, the Green Bay Packers have admitted is they they made a bad call in the first round <laughs> yeah. because they are not going to play Jordan Love for somewhat like maybe four, five, six years after they drafted him, yeah. maybe even more. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did sit quite a while, but uh, I would assume they will end up trading Jordan Love if there's a taker out there. Here's what's happened in the NFL. Thanks to Adam Schefter for just saying this in the last two minutes so I didn't have to go through it myself. In the last 24 hours, here's what's happened. Russell Wilson traded to Denver. Aaron Rodgers, a mega deal to Green Bay. Mike Williams lands a $60 million deal, takes him off the board to the Jags. Franchise tags for Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Dalton Schultz, all off the board to the Jags. Calvin Ridley suspended one year for betting. Maybe another guy off the board for the Jags. Pretty wild, 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Just did not anticipate Tuesday, March 8th being this wild uh, in the NFL. And it certainly has been. The Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, by the way, franchise tagging Cam Robinson and using the tag. I'm going to say it again. bit surprised that they used the tag. This guy right here is a little surprised they used it on Cam Robinson. I thought they might use it on DJ Chark, given the news I just told you about Devontae, Chris Godwin, even a Dalton Schultz, but especially a Mike Williams, all sticking with their teams and even a Calvin Ridley now off the board as well. That leaves basically it feels like Amari Cooper as the guy mm-hmm. out there. Allen Robinson as well, but Amari Cooper as a full-flight top flight number one guy um, for big, big bucks out on the market. Uh, Let's talk about that uh, right now. In fact, Brent Martin at the Players' Championship, TPC Sawgrass, Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Shack Studios. And we've got a big day here. Uh, we got Leroy Butler coming up at 4 o'clock, talk about his induction into the hall. And you think he'll talk a little bit about the Green Bay Packers? I bet he will. We also uh, have the JU Dolphins playing for a chance to dance in the NCAA tournament. That's coming up at 5 o'clock tonight. So good luck to the Dolphins, and of course we have this backdrop for uh, a terrific tournament in town with the players. All right, Austin, you're not surprised that they didn't use it on DJ Chark. What does this mean for DJ Chark, and um, is it dangerous to let him walk? I mean, I think it's dangerous to let him walk because in terms of wide receivers getting franchise tagged, like other teams will definitely look at him. Um, now, I'm sure the Jaguars could probably spend more than any of uh, like, those teams and everything, but I think, you know, it's all but a foregone conclusion that DJ Chark may not be a Jacksonville Jaguar in this up-and-coming season. Yeah, and, and I'm just going to tell you what I've said about the DJ Chark situation for a while now. I, I like DJ. He scares me leaving more than, say, a Cam Robinson leaving. I don't know if Cam Robinson with Jacksonville or without Jacksonville is going to be a Pro Bowl guy. I am not convinced 
that DJ Chark, who already does have one Pro Bowl to his name, is not going to make three or four more Pro Bowls in his career. And that's what scares me a little bit about losing DJ, especially when, listen, weapons are a problem right now in Jacksonville, uh, and the losing players that you drafted and developed a little bit has been a problem in Jacksonville. Now, they keep Cam Robinson at least momentarily to solve that problem. I wonder if the Jazz will put money where their mouth is on what they said a week ago to us at the Combine, Austin, when they said, we want to draft, develop, keep, and pay. Will they do that with DJ? They just did it a bit, at least, with Cam Robinson. They want second contract guys. Maybe they will do that with DJ Chark on a pretty good deal, but not certainly a break-the-bank $100 million deal for a wide receiver. See, I think they could do that, but I also think right now in their minds it's about Amari Cooper, and I think DJ Chark is, is the fail-safe. Um, I think if you were to franchise take G- DJ Chark, that you're kind of tied to him regardless of what happens to Cooper or not. You know, I think it'd be hard to justify trying to keep DJ Chark, get Amari Cooper, still have, you know, like LaVisca Chennault and, and Marvin Jones. I mean, you could maybe, I don't know. I think it'd be hard to justify keeping all of those guys and obviously maybe address the needs also in the draft. So that's a, that's a big wide receiver room and not, a lot of spot, not enough spots to go around. So I think they're going to wait and see how the Samari Cooper thing plays out. I think he's target number one right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. If for whatever reason, you know, the money isn't high enough, uh, Cooper goes someplace else, then I think DJ Chark um, is going to be number two, and then maybe followed by Allen Robinson. That's a really good call, man. I mean, that's, that's a reasonable – they have more time to figure that out, right? Uh, the market for DJ is going to be really interesting. I said that to Trent Balky and to Doug Peterson last week, and they agreed. Doug Peterson also told us, again, we had a couple of local media there in Indianapolis at the Combine, myself, uh, Mike DiRocco, John Reed, and he told us off to the side after he was on the podium that he really liked DJ now. And, and you could tell that there was an affinity for DJ Chark. So I wouldn't sleep on the idea that they could extend DJ. And, and just get a, a four-year deal worth, I don't know, maybe it's like a... Remember Marquise Lee signed, I want to say it was like a four-year, $43 million deal. He had done some nice things, but he was also hurt. Like, could it be that kind of deal for DJ Chark where he really had one year that he did it, but the other years weren't so great, par- partially because of injury? Like, I could see that level deal for DJ, but with all these receivers getting tagged and scooped up and not many hitting the market, especially at the, you know, tier one level, well, that opens the market up and makes the market better for guys like DJ and even Allen Robinson, it, who we're talking about. It does, but also keep in mind, this draft class is, is absolutely filled with talented Good wide point. receivers and, and, and themselves at all. So like, maybe you know, the, the, the market price indeed goes down. Uh, for a guy like DJ Chark um, or, or a guy like Allen Robinson. I think a guy like Amari Cooper, it's still going to stay high just because in terms of resume, I think Amari Cooper has those two guys beat. You know, I mean, Allen Robinson, unfortunately, got a, got a bad case of bad quarterback play. That doesn't help him out at all. But I think Amari Cooper is obviously the toast right now of this wide receiver free agent class. So I just think that the Jaguars were thinking, hey, if we tag DJ Chark, that does us no um, favors of trying to acquire Amari Cooper as well. Let's go after Amari Cooper. Hopefully it works out. If it doesn't, we feel that, we feel that DJ Chark will still be there, um, you know, in a, in, a, in a smaller deal, obviously. Yeah, I think what you said is pretty accurate, too. I, th- I think that was my reasoning as well. It's like, well, there are a lot more DJ Charks either through free agency or the draft than there probably are Cam Robinsons. Mm-hmm. Is that safe to say? Mm-hmm. 
And and so I think when you have the depth of wide receiver, and by the way, that depth of wide receiver enters the league now almost on an annual basis, Austin. You know, it's coming. I mean, there are 20, 25 guys in the top two, three, four rounds that are that are good enough each and every year now in the NFL. That receiver position is as deep as it's ever been in the game thanks to high schools throwing the football, seven-on-seven tournaments, colleges throwing the football, all that stuff. So I think um, – that's where I would characterize their thinking as well. We can get another DJ if it doesn't work out. Can we get enough big bodies? There are less big bodies to work with. We like the one we got. Let's give it another chance. Maybe we extend that too. So uh, I do think it's interesting. But I also like what you're saying here. This comes down. Am I missing somebody? With Mike Williams off the board, with Devontae we knew was going to be off the board, with Godwin off the board. I mean, basically, the Jags, if they want a top-flight, bona fide guy who's done it, they got to put their eggs into the basket of Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. a secondary basket maybe to Allen Robinson. Is he the second guy now on the board? Yeah, I mean, we've had this conversation before. Do you go Allen Robinson or DJ Chark? Or both. Or, or, or both, the true. Um, I mean, you can – I don't know if you're going to go both, especially, you know, the way the draft could shake out. And I have my own theories about that, of what you could do for the Jaguars. We'll get into that later. Um, I think retaining – uh, or at least, you know, signing Cam Robinson to franchise tag opens up some possibilities, actually, for what you can do in the draft now. But the way that I see it, I, I lean towards Allen Robinson a little more. Now, it's probably going to come with a higher price tag um, than DJ Chark. But I, I, I have a hard time believing you're going to get both of them, you know. So, I mean, if you get the home team discount, the, the, the current discount on DJ Chark, well, then maybe you can make an argument for that and spend that money someplace else like a Chandler Jones or somebody. But um, you definitely got to get somebody, whether it's Allen Robinson, Shark, or obviously Mario Cooper's is the big one. Yeah, I think um, how much of a difference do you feel like? Well, we love Allen Robinson around here, yeah, but just because of the game-breaking speed, the style of, of player, it, it, it's a difference, right, in Amari Cooper and Allen Robinson? I mean, yeah. You know, it's just Robinson is such an enigma because we, we, we haven't had the chance to see, like, what he can do with a, with a capable... I mean, we saw yeah. it with Blake Bortles. Sure. Okay, and, and take that for how you want. But, like, we, we haven't... Like, if you put Rodgers... Or, I mean, um, if you put Robinson, like, on, on the Packers, I mean, I'm sure this guy's a, a surefire pro bowler. You know? It's yeah. just... We, we haven't had a, an opportunity to really see him of what he's truly capable of. And, and I think he's capable of a lot. I remember when we interviewed him... Um, what about right, yeah. the Super Super Bowl, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. years ago. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super, yeah. yeah, and he talked about, you know, the, the route tree and how important, like, yeah, you, you, you want to be that big play receiver, run the go route, but you also have to be able to run the, you know, run the quick routes, run the hitches, everything like that. And, like, he took pride in doing that. And sometimes that doesn't get showcased just because of the way they were running things there in Chicago. So, yeah, I get DJ Charka is a little more of a sexier name in terms of speed, but I think, like, in terms of route running, in terms of the route tree, Kind of like a Devontae Adams who, I mean, he's, he's fast in his own right, but he's not necessarily a burner. He's just a great route runner. I think Robinson with a great quarterback can fit that mold as well. Well, I reached out to Allen to see maybe we'll get him on uh, if he wants us to start the campaign. Hey, Rob to Jacksonville again. Yeah. Um, that was fun until I brought up Penn State and Urban Meyer. I mean, that might have ruined the deal last year. Yeah, it wasn't the best. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to break that out again, though, uh, for sure. Uh, all right. One other spinoff of all this before we hit a break, and this maybe carries into the next one. So is it Aiden Hutchinson at number one? Is it clear as day? See, I think it's clear as day. 
But if I'm Jacksonville, I'm trying to swindle, and, and I'm trying to make plays here. Because the way the lines look right now, the lines don't need another offensive lineman. They're set there. I'm under the belief that the Detroit Lions want Aiden Hutchinson. And the way that it sits right now where if you're the Lions, you know the Jaguars are taking Hutchinson. If I could trade to number two and get the Lions, I think, what, what they got? They got pick number 32, right? Last pick of the uh, – yeah, because the Super Bowl. The, the Rams won the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, So yeah. they got pick yeah. 32 or I get pick 34 from the Lions, Ooh. I'm making that trade. Maybe both. Uh, to move one spot is kind yeah. of – hey, to okay. move one spot, but on, but I'm not, pick is pricey. Okay, okay maybe. But what I'm trying to get at here is I trade one spot back with the Detroit Lions, let them get their guy that they want, because I know they want the, him and Aiden Hutchinson. Let them take Hutchinson. I move back to two, take, you know, Thibodeau, whoever you feel there, and then I use the, the other picks in the Lions, and I trade back up again in the first round to get a wide receiver. Or, or maybe, a, like, a, like, a, like a, you know, the, the guy from Georgia, the linebacker, if he's going to be there or not. But I use that pick to get up back maybe Jordan Davis, but I doubt he's going to be available outside the top 15. But I use that pick that the Lions give me to trade back up with my second-round pick, and I'm back in the first round. Let me just ask you real quick, though, Austin. If you drop to number two, who are you taking? If Hutchinson's off the board, you're not sold on Thibodeau, or are you taking Thibodeau then? No, if it's me, I'm taking Thibodeau. Oh, you would. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm rolling 3-4 defense all day, and I'm trusting Thibodeau can get the job done. Okay. Because what I would say is, does that bring my guy like Kyle Hamilton more in play at number two than at number one? Yeah, yeah, but once again, I, I would rather go Thibodeau. Okay. Yeah, listen, I don't just, but I made the case all this offseason that I believe the Jags need pass rusher maybe more than anything. Seven and a half sacks and six and a half sacks have, have led this team the last two years. And if you want to get the most out of Josh Allen, who's a very good player in my opinion, then I think you got to put somebody opposite him to make him even better. And so I don't disagree with you on the front. That's why. I think they would be okay if they got Hutchinson, too, at number one. Uh, but I do think there's starting to be a difference between Hutchinson and Thibodeau as well, and I'm not sure it's one pick versus the number two pick. Uh, but I like the gathering of picks now, um, although I have on record saying that they will not trade this pick. Nobody will dance with them. Maybe Detroit. Yeah, well, you've been on record before, too. Yeah, I've been on record a lot. I'll be back. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks will be back on ESPN 690 right after this. Now there's a new Super Bowl contender in Denver that everybody in the AFC now has to pay real attention to. It is fun, man. It is fun to know that Russell Wilson may eventually play Josh Allen. He may eventually play Patrick Mahomes. He may eventually play Justin Herbert. I'm talking about to win championships in the playoffs. This is fun. This is the league that never stops giving, and I could not be more ecstatic about Russell Wilson being in Denver, and now we got a chance to talk about another team being a Super Bowl contender. Biggest move in the NFL today. Russell Wilson traded to the Broncos or Green Bay staying with the Pack? Uh, sorry, Aaron Rodgers staying with yeah. the Packers. Whew. Uh, biggest move, I mean, it's, it's the reigning MVP, so I think retaining Aaron Rodgers is the biggest move. All right. Um, interesting. Middleton, what do you think? Yeah, I have to go with Rodgers as well. Really? I thought he was gone. Yeah. I, I thought he <laughs> so was gone with Green Bay. So the fact that they were able to pull that out, whatever the, it is that they offered him, uh, yeah, I think that's the bigger story. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a ton of money, but I, I think it's a massive story. And I'm trying to think of, like, 
how it changes, kind of like what Marcus Spears was talking about in the context of, okay, the NFC North, Chicago's trying to get going, Minnesota has a lot of nice pieces, a new coach, Detroit's kind of stuck in the mud, so Green Bay looks like they have a stranglehold on that division, which is what they've had, so it keeps their stranglehold. It would have opened the division up if he had left, but now Russell Wilson shifting, it makes Seattle much worse in, in what we thought was the best division in football last year in the NFC West. And now makes the AFC West a really a fun watch, Austin. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's 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 straight up murderer's row in terms of quarterback play there. Um, you know, and that was kind of, uh, I guess, the one thing against Aaron Rodgers in terms of going to Denver that we talked about is, you know, I, I get it. You know, you're you're arguably the best quarterback in the league right now, but do you really want to go through Kansas City two times a, a year? I mean, do you want to play, you know, hopefully the surging Los Angeles Chargers coming up now? I mean, there there is some talent there in that division, and it's going to be super competitive as opposed to Green Bay where it's kind of the Minnesota Vikings and whatever else you got right now. Let's get South Beach Gary on the line. Uh, what's happening here on a busy Tuesday, South Beach Gary? Hello, hello. South Beach. Will Fuller is uh, available. You taking him? <laughs> South Beach Gary. All right. Hey, there he is. You got to pull up that. Will Fuller call. It's like the bat signal. He comes running. What's up, <laughs> South Beach Gary? You can't let anything go, can you? Sure can, man. Sure can. Me? I'm the, I'm the pettiness. Call me Tom Petty, baby. When are you going to make the doing? big time and get to UCF? Uh, UCF? I mean, I already graduated Murray State, but the UFC might be calling hopefully pretty soon. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, well, uh, that was so funny. All these pipe dreams about the Jags getting Gusecki or Dalton Schultz. <laughs> Such dreamers, Jag fans. Dreamweaver, that's the song for the Jags fans. It's all we got. What, I know. You want to live in reality? You want to live in reality? Come on. Well, teams, teams are going to let those kind of tight ends go. Oh, Gusecki, those kind of tight ends. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, an 800 or something. I mean, 800 to 1,000 yards, but I know, you know, that's uh, all three uh, Jacksonville Titans could get that probably together. Yeah, first of all, keep in mind, South Beach, we did see Hunter Henry go last year. We did see John Smith go last year, too. <laughs> yeah, but how about, the, my, how about my Dolphins interested in Armstead? How about adding that to the line, Brad? How about that, big boy? That would be good, and they have a lot of money to do it, so they can make whatever move they want uh, and, and probably should uh, to help out Tua. They're committed to Tua now. Um, down there in, in South Beach. All right, South Beach, Gary, appreciate the call, man. Uh, another couple of tight ends off the board for the Jacks. I do think there are plenty of tight ends out there. I'm not saying – now, listen, Schultz, Schultz might have been the best option. Gasecki might have been up there yeah. in, in the top few options. But I think there are a lot of tight ends out there, and Joku goes off the board too uh, for the Jaguars to at least take a flyer on, maybe a guy like Ertz, who knows. Uh, so I'm not like – I was hoping there was more. There would be more receivers out there because I think that'd be really fun. Like Mike Williams getting tagged kind of disappoints a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Gasecki and Schultz not as much. Although I know those would have been good targets uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. Did the Denver Broncos give up too much to get Russell Wilson, or did Denver win the trade? So this is what Brian and I were talking about during the break a little bit. Um, you know, and I'm trying to go to what exactly they gave up because it is a laundry list. Do you have the list in front of you, Brendan? I'm going to get it up real quick. Um, I will do I got that. It. Oh, uh, you got it? Yeah, I got it here. 
All right. So when we talk about the trade, uh, okay, that's not the real one. You, you, you might have to find it. Okay. <laughs> you might have to find it. But um, first of all, it makes me wonder, well, then what was the asking price for Aaron Rodgers? Because, like, the way I see it, like, yeah, Russell Wilson, um, he's got more longevity, you would think, than Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers was still that guy. Like, I, I truly think, I mean, yeah, Hackett could be a great coach there, but like, I think they got Hackett for a reason, and it was for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think they freed up some some room for Aaron Rodgers, not Russell Wilson. So then when Aaron Rodgers fell through, I was like, all right, hit the panic button. What's plan two? And they were for phase two, and phase two is Russell Wilson. So what do I think they gave up for it? I mean, they gave up a lot. They, they gave up a lot of draft capital. They gave up no fan. But at the end of the day, we've seen this story played out before with the Rams. And I think the Broncos right now, the way their offense is set up with the talent at wide receiver, um, running back's pretty good. You know, tight end now takes a little bit of a hit. Defense is kind of primed and ready to roll. And now you see Von Miller being cryptic about maybe going back to Denver. Yeah. Um, I'm not mad at the trade from either angle. I think the Seahawks saw that they couldn't win another one with Russell Wilson, what they have right now. They have to rebuild. I think the Broncos saw an opportunity to cash in um, and try to win right now. And that's all you can ask of them. So I'm not mad at it from, from, from both sides here. Well, Seattle will give it a go with Drew Locke at least for now. We'll see what happens. They get him in the trade. No offense. That's a nice piece. And Shelby Harris, by the way, is also a nice piece. Two first-round picks. That's pretty good. Two second-round picks. That's pretty good. And a fifth-round pick. Denver gets Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. So really the fourth and fifth, let's just say they wash. And you get three players... I would say two, because I'm not really... Locke might be like a stopgap guy for now, but I'm not sure he's the future quarterback in Seattle, and I'm not sure Seattle even thinks that. But Fanton Harris could be two pieces for a long time to come in Seattle. Two first-round picks and two second-round picks. If you do the right thing with those, Jacksonville's been through this before, well, that could be really good. I I will say this, too, Austin. I'm not so sure the, the package for Rodgers is that different. Russell Wilson... You get more life on his deal, and he's got more to play in the NFL. Like, he could be there a lot longer than Rodgers was going to be there. Yeah, but who's the better quarterback right now? Yeah, right now, but, I mean, is it that much of a difference? Like, you think they but, would have to give it up that much more? But that trade is for right now. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, if, if you're giving up that much stuff for right now to win a Super Bowl, then I go Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so listen, I, I, I would take been. Aaron Rodgers, too. What I, I just, so I'm I think it would have been a little more. Yeah, maybe a shade more. I, I just don't know if it's astronaut, uh, like a lot different. I don't, I mean, I don't he, know if it would be a lot different. He just won an MVP. Yeah, he did. Russell Wilson's won one, hasn't he? Not three, but he's won one. Yeah. <laughs> um, they got the same amount of Super Bowls. <laughs> that they do. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, speaking of Super Bowls, uh, speaking of Green Bay Packers, what do you say we go up to Wisconsin and talk to Leroy Butler, Jacksonville's own, going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Leroy Butler joins us next on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, live from the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass.